0: This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy. Episode two, COVID-19. Did early lockdown and social distancing policies in San Francisco pay off? Today, we're going to explore the impact of San Francisco's early adoption of social distancing and social isolation policies on March 16th of this year. Tomorrow, Tuesday, March 30th, we begin our third week of lockdown and social distancing here in San Francisco. Did the early and aggressive plan to isolate San Francisco really reduce the total number of patients? As of March 29th, the United States had a total of 143,000 COVID cases and 2,513 deaths. California, with a population of 40 million people, had 5,827 cases and 124 deaths. San Francisco, by contrast, with a population of 850,000 people, had a total of 340 cases and 5 deaths. Now, let's contrast that with New York City, a city of 8.6 million people, where there are 36,000 cases and 1,800 deaths. I contend that San Francisco's aggressive shelter-in-place and working-from-home policies for the last two and a half weeks have made a difference in keeping our numbers low. But there's another critical date that we need to explore and a policy that we need to discuss, which has had a very significant impact on keeping our numbers low in California. The administration on January 24th suspended all nonstop direct airline service between the United States and China. That was really quite significant. San Francisco has always been the primary port of entry from China to the United States going back to the 19th century. Until January 24th, we had up to nine nonstop flights a day between San Francisco and China to Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, and even three flights a week to Wuhan, the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak in China. By contrast, the administration did nothing to stem the tide of travel from Europe as travel between China and Europe continued pace, Between Italy and China alone, there were nonstop flights between Wuhan and Milan, Italy. And again, Wuhan was the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak, and those flights were coming directly into Italy, so we should not be surprised that Italy has the level of infections and the level of deaths that it's had. So while the back door to the United States, that is San Francisco was firmly closed with the suspension of all flights from from and to China on January 24th, the front door was left wide open with all of our flights to Europe. At some point in the future, when the history of this period is written and the analysis of government policy is made, those decisions on the flights will be be looked at very, very closely. But let's move along at this point to what other countries are doing with their social distancing and social isolation. Sweden has taken a much more controversial approach to containing the virus. Sweden is a country of 10 million people. They have had a total of 3,500 COVID cases and 105 deaths. Instead of having very strict rules governing isolation, they are providing mere guidelines and guidelines along the way of along the lines of you ought to wash your hands, you ought to stay home if you're sick, work from home, avoid non-essential travel. But there are no fines imposed and they are not strict rules and more guidelines. Public health officials in Sweden have been late to slow down the, spread. have been hope that they'll be able to slow down the spread of the virus without the need for draconian measures. As the Swedish Prime Minister Stefan Löfven said last week, we need to be adults. We cannot spread panic and rumors. He wants to put the responsibility on the shoulders of individuals. Now Sweden, with a population of 10 million people, has a very high level of trust in public authorities. Unfortunately, here in the United States, we just don't have that level of trust anymore. Quite unfortunate. Additionally, Sweden's demography is rather different from that here in the United States. 50% of all households in Sweden are single people versus in Southern Italy, Spain and Italy, for example, Multi generational families consisting of grandmother, grandfather, children, grandchildren all live under the same roof. So single person households appear to be at less of a risk in spreading the virus than large multi generational families. Additionally, the Swedes are just coming into an early spring after a tough, cold, and dark winter where they have self-isolated as you would in any harsh Swedish winter. So they are coming off a four month self-isolation because of the way winter forces them to isolate at home. The Swedes love the outdoors. And when you, when you look at what how people are congregating in Stockholm, You still see crowds of people, but public health officials are really focused on keeping people physically and mentally healthy. Also, the health of the economy is something that's uppermost in the mind of the Swedish government. The Stockholm Chamber of Commerce believes there has to be a balance between public health and the economy. And both Swedish politicians and the business community feels that their guideline approach as opposed to strict rule approach is more sensible and less extreme than what we're doing here in the United States. But moving on from Sweden, let's look at what some of the other countries of Western Europe are doing. By the way, the EU has sealed all their external borders to travelers into and out of the EU on March 19th. So, From March 19th, non-EU citizens are prohibited from entering the EU for the next 30 days. But let's come back to a couple, let's come back to to look at countries individually and to see how they're faring with the COVID-19 social distancing policies. Let's start with Italy, which has had the worst possible outbreak of COVID-19 and the highest death rate. The lockdown now in Italy is on a national basis. The lockdown didn't begin until cases were already in the tens of thousands and deaths were well into the hundreds. So for the to flatten the curve of the spread of the virus in Italy, they started later And so flattening the curve is going to take longer, and therefore their lockdown and social distancing policies will also take longer, unfortunately. Moving on to France, France instituted a very tough lockdown stay-home policy two weeks ago. In fact, it's so strict that they hired 100,000 police to enforce the orders in order to leave your home in France. And this is uh, France, of course, is a uh, approaches this on a nationwide basis. Um, It's not France is not a federal system. They're approaching this as one nation and one set of rules for the entire 65 million people of France. So in order to leave your home during lockdown in France, you actually have to have a written permit, which you download from the Internet, uh, in order to go shopping, go to the gas station, go to the doctor, go to the hospital, uh, even go out running or jogging or exercise. If you leave your home without that permit, you're subject to a 135 euro fine. And for the most chronic offenders, you can face up to six months jail time. The eastern part of France in the Alsace-Lorraine region is the eye of the storm. And again, just to give you some idea, about the strictness of their lockdown. In order to go jogging in France, you cannot jog for more than one kilometer from your home. You may not exercise for more than one hour outside of your home, and you cannot exercise more than once a day. So France seems to be the strictest of countries in, uh, in its lockdown and stay home policies and also in its enforcement of it. Moving on to Spain, Spain also is now approaching Italian levels in terms of total number of cases and the, uh, the death rate. Madrid, the capital, is the heart of the COVID-19 infection and accounts for 50% of the, uh, of the deaths in Spain. The lockdown in Spain is police enforced. Uh, you are not permitted to leave your homes. Um, it's especially tough in France, in Spain rather, because grandparents are the largest single source of childcare, so for parents who, are, who may still have to work, uh, their grandparents, their parents, are no longer able to take care of their children. So um, tough times in Spain. The Germans, by contrast, seem to have gotten off lightly with COVID nineteen. Um, relatively small number of cases, and the concentration of the cases is more among young people. Uh, the theory is that um, the reason that it's uh, that victims are more uh, are on the younger side than the older side. Uh, many of the victims had one tra- one or two travel destinations in common. Uh, They took skiing holidays in Italy and Austria, where they came in contact with the virus, brought it back, um, had mild symptoms, and have fully recovered. So Germany seems to be doing fairly well. Moving on to Holland. Holland is a country of 17 million and the most densely populated country in Europe. How do you keep your distance when you have 17 million fellow citizens who are all angling for the same little bit of little bit of land. Uh, they have taken a uh, a dual pronged approach. Number one, they're cocooning the most vulnerable in their society, such as the elderly, uh, the immune suppressed community, the ill, etc. But very controversially, they've taken a somewhat laissez-faire approach to, uh, to the virus. And they're they're using what is called the, they're approaching it from a herd immunity strategy. Um, the strategy being that in the case of a herd of animals, if a virus infects one animal, uh, you simply wait for that virus to work its way through all the other animals in the herd. And then the herd as a whole then acquires a group immunity. Uh, if you apply that, analogy to a society, you would lose some, some of your weaker members of your society in the hopes that the society as a whole would acquire an immunity to the disease. That strategy was first announced by British Prime Minister Boris Johnson several weeks ago. At that point, individual British people were beginning their own social distancing policies and practices from what they had observed here in the United States. When the Prime Minister Johnson began talking about the herd immunity uh, with a a kind of laissez-faire attitude to uh, almost letting the weakest among them die off, uh, there was a public outcry and outrage. As a result of that public outcry, uh, there has now been a uh, new policies have been brought in uh, within the last 10 days or so calling for a strict national lockdown, also with fines being imposed for non-compliance, and with strict social distancing also being, um, also being required. Both Prime Minister Johnson and Prince Charles, the heir to the throne, both have COVID-19 and so much for this policy of herd immunity. So that is a that it gives you a fairly broad overview of how the rest of Europe is looking at social distancing, lockdowns, etc. from the more laissez-faire liberal Swedish approach to the very strict French approach where you require a written document to leave your home. In future episodes, we will explore the virus itself, possible cures and treatments, among other subjects. And at this point, we'll bring our episode to a close. This is Jim Herlihy signing off for the San Francisco Experience from America's favorite city, San Francisco. This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy. Episode three, Living in Lockdown, Never Let a Crisis Go to Waste. As San Francisco enters its third week on lockdown, and social distancing, and that policy has just been extended for another month through May 1st, I want to tell you how an innovative and creative city is making lemonade out of lemons. First, for many of us, lockdown represents the only time in a long time that we've had a long break from working in the office, working in the factory, working away from home. Actually staying at home and confined to barracks is now the new norm. It's almost as though a sabbatical has been imposed on us. And so what should we do with it? Well, first of all, and most importantly, we can never lose sight of the fact that the reason we are in lockdown is because we are faced with an unprecedented global pandemic. The health directives for combating this global pandemic are very clear. Avoid social contact, distance socially, stay in your home, wash your hands, do not touch your face, stay away from other people. So first and foremost, That is why we are on lockdown and never let us lose sight of those reasons for this lockdown. Secondly, many of us are working from home and our companies are permitting us to to actually uh, sign up online and to do our tasks and our jobs from the comfort of our home. But when that is done, we are still in our home and leaving our home for whatever reason is discouraged. So what are we to do with all of this extra time that living in lockdown has given to us? How do we take this unique opportunity that we have? Many of us for the first time in our professional lives to take stock of who we are, what we do, how we do it, when we do it, where we do our work, and how we interact with friends and family. Our health, our wealth, our goals, our dreams, our aspirations are all uppermost in our minds these days. And yes, our world has been upended. We cannot sugarcoat that. But being an early adopter of San Fran- of social lockdown, San Franciscans are making lemonade out of lemons. Now, we should never let a crisis go to waste. Let me repeat that, and I'm not being facetious. Never let a crisis go go to waste. What do I mean from that? Isn't a crisis something very negative and bad? Well, certainly the COVID-19 virus, which has provoked this crisis and causes us to lock our doors and stay in our homes, is horrific. It's putting many lives at risk and worse. And the economic chaos that the virus has unleashed has touched us all. But in San Francisco, after two and a half weeks of being locked in our homes and faced with the prospect of another four weeks locked in our homes, we are beginning to see the very first glimmers of light at the end of the tunnel. We will get through this crisis. I repeat that we will, get through this crisis a time time timetable for recovery is beginning to emerge and we also have to remember that we have to look beyond the shock and sensationalist TV images that are thrust our way every day if we don't we could lose our very sanity if we let sensationalist TV coverage govern our lives. With that said, the San Francisco Experience will broadcast a series of podcasts during the lockdown and for the full month of April. And those podcasts will be aimed at answering your questions, to give you explanations, to share knowledge, to direct you to online resources on a wide variety of topics, including your finances, your nutrition, your exercise program, your social life, all of your other activities, which have essentially been cramped or put on hold, and we don't want them to be put on hold. So we will use the San Francisco Experience platform and our podcast to help educate you as regards what are the best practices that we're seeing emerge here in San Francisco as we adopt our lives and our lifestyle to living on lockdown. The series will be called Living in Lockdown, and each episode will be entitled The Art of whatever the subject matter is. One of the early ones will be the art of managing your 401k during the stock market gyrations. And please remember, this is an interactive process, so feel free to send me a message as regards the topics that you, you the listeners, would like me to cover. A 15-minute podcast focused on any subject's that you wish to hear about will be provided. And I'm happy to research them, broadcast them, and share them with the podcast community as a whole. Let me move on at this point to share some best practices and some social innovation that we're seeing here in San Francisco and in the Bay area. Of course, with our huge tech presence and the innovative use of technology in the Bay Area, we have many social media applications which are making our confinement to our homes that much easier. I'm thinking about Zoom and Google Hangouts, for instance, for achieving personal interaction and to channel our creative sides. I'm also thinking of House Party, which is a very interesting Social media software, which has been which of course is uh, based here in San Francisco. Uh, it is owned by the same company called Epic, which uh, owns Fortnite. And uh, House Party in particular is interesting because uh, they set up virtual house parties so that from the comfort of your own home, you can actually visit a number of house parties in an evening and using your, your iPhone or your laptop, you can Zoom in. And of course, Zoom and Google Hangouts are also social media softwares which are enabling people to participate with friends and with new friends, but in a completely virtual and healthy and lockdown compliant way. Zoom, house party, and Google Hangouts are now being used to host virtual happy hours, movie nights, book club discussions, birthday parties, among other activities. And it's certainly making the aspect of being held in ha- under house arrest uh, that much more palatable. I also want to bring to your attention another site called Atlas Obscura. It's a website and a book series which invites readers into some of the most unusual sites in the world and a behind the scenes view. Moving on from what we're doing here in San Francisco, I was listening this morning to the Irish broadcaster, RTE, talking about making suggestions to their Irish listeners about how people in Ireland are whiling away their hours at home. And of course, they mentioned obvious games like charades, trivia, trivia contest, Uh, something as simple as using a pencil and paper, drawing, card games. If you've gone, if your poker skills have gone rusty, your bridge skills need a little bit of brushing up. There are plenty of online tutorials to help you with your card game skills, and who knows, at the end of this lockdown process, you could become the card shark that you always wanted to be. Board games, uh, such as Scrabble, Monopoly, uh, it wouldn't be. Ireland, if they didn't include sing-alongs, and sing-alongs are another activity which have become very popular during this lockdown. Of course, we've all watched on the TV as um, Italians who are under lockdown sing beautiful operatic arias from their balconies to each other, just to remind each other that they are at home, that they appreciate each other and to call out to each other, but being Italy, they're using it through the medium of the aria. The Spanish also are singing to their neighbors from their balconies in their apartments and singing wonderful flamenco music. I heard some Portuguese Fado singing going on in Lisbon as people there are serenading their neighbors overnight. Here in Northern California, um, we don't do opera, um, and we certainly don't do Portuguese fado, but I was comforted to see that we are still reaching out to our neighbors. And in Marin County and Sonoma County, north of San Francisco, um, at 8 p.m. every evening, many neighbors will open their front door, go out on the deck, and howl Baying at the moon like a wolf. I don't know that I would commend that to uh, to everyone's um, attention, or I certainly hope that people in New York or Berlin or Paris aren't doing that, but I just wanted to share that practice, howling at 8 p.m., which has become popular in Marin and Sonoma County. Beating the drum is also a... Um, another way that neighbors are reaching out to each other and just reminding people that we're here. We want to be heard. We're currently under lockdown, but this is our best way to communicate with strangers. The British have started something similar to this, but in a more restrained and rather British way at 8 PM on some evenings. Um, the entire nation opens their front doors and their windows and applaud. And they're clapping for the healthcare workers of the British National Health Service who are in the front line of attacking the coronavirus and the British people to show their appreciation for these, these frontline heroes stand on their front doorsteps and applaud them every night. And of course, to conclude, San Francisco is not going to be outdone when it comes to how we communicate with our neighbors under lockdown. We now have a Scottish bagpiper who plays Scottish laments on the rooftops of the Castro District here in San Francisco. He's dressed in his kilt and full Scottish regalia, and he can be heard and I'm sure there's a YouTube clip of him, he can be heard playing his Scottish laments from the rooftops of the Castro district. A little bit of Scotland comes to the Castro and to San Francisco. In conclusion, as I mentioned earlier, our new series, Living in Lockdown, Never Let a Crisis Go to Waste, will host a series of podcasts, And each episode will deal with a different area of concern to you as you face this lockdown to let you know that you are not alone, that we here in San Francisco, who pioneered the art of living in lockdown, are sharing with you our best practices. This is Jim Herlihy signing off for the San Francisco Experience from America's favorite city, San Francisco.